you're listening to the Teen Wolf Rewolf. The last time I was this disappointed by a Met Gala, I didn't care about the Met Gala. Yeah, I can't. I have no memory of being disappointed by the Met Gala until now. Well, no, because camp was like. I mean, but at least everybody was trying. Even if it missed the mark, everybody was approximately in theme. What is happening right now? I don't know. The fact, like, it's the way that it took us so long to get through this episode of Teen Wolf because we were like, I have to keep looking at the, we have this, to comment. the trash fire of the Mad Gala right now. And some of them, some people look great, and I cannot figure out what they think that is contributing to the theme. Yeah. Which is the worst part. Well, it's funny because even the people who are just sort of dressed pretty don't actually look that nice. Like, it doesn't look any different from, like, enter, like, non-Oscars award show here. Yeah. Gold, the Golden Gloves. Yeah. Like, your, the, the your SAG award, yeah. like, dress. I don't know. Congrats, I feel like... you're at the People's Choice Awards. <laughs> well, it's funny because, like, last night was the VMAs. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to dress to theme, but, like, people were, you know dressed yeah at the vmas i thought they were fine and now today's the met gala which should be just like head and shoulders elevated above that it's just not no crazy it's bananas and i know that there are people who are listening who are like i don't give a shit about the met gala wow congrats i'm jealous (laughs) but like it it is like one of the most like um public facing like examples of like art like textile art and like fashion and stuff that people actually tune into and it shouldn't be bad well yeah i don't think people even put thought into it is the problem it like legit it looks like designers were like uh here take this it's in back stock well you said that the theme is going to be the same next year it's like a continuation yes okay covid so maybe they're they're like putting most of their good looks on the back burner next year better look so (laughs) goddamn american it will not no but that's fine we're hard to conceptualize the country's very large but even like the most classic elements of it the i feel like i've only seen three people wearing denim yeah which is crazy debbie harry showed up in like an american flag which actually looked more camp than anything (laughs) (laughs) those two things can and do coincide yeah yeah they do (laughs) (laughs) anyway this is not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Teen Wolf, because this is the Teen Wolf Real Wolf podcast, a podcast where, again, and I reiterate, we talk about Teen Wolf. My sometimes. name is Christian. Sometimes. My name is Christian. I'm Julia. And uh, we're ready to rock and roll. So we just watched the penultimate episode of 6A, and this is far and away my most favorite penultimate episode of the entire series. It's actually up there in, like, episodes. I don't know if it mm-hmm. cr- cracks the top ten, but it is incredibly fun and the stakes are so high and it's oh it's emotional there's squabbling which always makes an episode it's great i was so moved and i feel like most of the time during a teen wolf um penultimate episode i get to the end of it and i'm like i feel like i'm out of breath i you feel like you're exhausted you feel like they're trying to add in new information the fact that absolutely no new information it was, was literally just memories <laughs> literally just memories nobody's trying to be like don't you remember this thing from the first episode of this season that if you didn't pay attention to you're stupid and it's like no <laughs> i didn't pay attention because you didn't make it important like it was everything was the right had the right amount of value mm-hmm. it was delightful and there were 
five characters. And it looked great. Six, sorry, Sheriff. Yeah, yeah. it looked great. Tim Andrew. Yes, uh, and written by Mark Kruger and Antoinette Estella. What a name. Uh, yeah, very fancy. Yeah. Very nice. I like it. Um, before we get too far into it, though, we do have to do our 60-second recap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you seem pumped. Well, I will say that this is the first time, and in possibly ever, but at least since the first season, that I haven't had to use my entire page for notes. I have a full two lines full, or free at the bottom so. i have a big chunk of my page full or free uh that said i do fit about like twice the amount of words per line as like your average bear certainly more than me i would assume the key is to not write letters and just write straight <laughs> lines you know if that works for you it doesn't <laughs> but i'm gonna continue um yeah so I think that we should, I don't want to get too hubristic about this because every time we predict greatness, we immediately fail. Um, but I think you, you, you might, you might do some, some good work on this here 60 second recap. I'm going to say, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Manifesting. Yeehaw. It's the theme of 2021. <laughs> Is it going well? No. Couldn't tell. Yeah. No, I was really couldn't tell you, but it's September and I know how it's going. So, so no, on your mark, get set, go. Okay. So the big Pat plans to use the Argent crowd chamber to remember styles. The sheriff realizes that everyone in his office is gone except Theo, who's still trying to get out. And the sheriff is like, I'll let you out, but um, I'll kill you if you are sneaky and asks him to tell him one thing about styles. He's like, Oh, he's smart. The ghost riders get in and they take sheriff and Liam and Theo run and drive away. Scott gets into the freezer and he remembers the first full moon with styles. Lydia and Liam start panicking because they might be losing him because he's getting too cold. Uh, Liam and Theo go to hide in the hospital and they turn on the sirens to keep the ghostwriters away from them. Scott finds more memories and he starts getting overwhelmed by them. Um, Theo starts to remember his like uh, nightmares and they run to the morgue. Malia and Lydia are troubleshooting and she's like, I'm going to guide through Scott through his memories, um, like hypnosis. And she's like, go find uh, all of your lockers, <laughs> all of your memories in the lockers in the school. Um, Liam and Theo hide uh, more together. Malia prompts Scott to make an emotional connection and there's like a Motel California callback. The memory doesn't work um, and the ghost writers, you know, start hunting for Liam and Theo in the hospital. Malia ju jumps in for her term in the freezy tube and she has a library oh, visualization. Oh, that is it. My dude, my guy. I um, got confused on the chronology yeah. of how things happened. That is usually what's, what gets you, you know? Because it's just a flippy back and forth situation. Which, which I prefer... Yeah. Compared to like the four plot lines. So yeah. Yeah. But I which is fine. More, yeah. So, um, and then, you know, you say something, you trip over your tongue. Yeah. As, <laughs> uh, uh, you meaning me. I did that. Yeah. But you also mean me a little bit. <laughs> I, I could feel it. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I, um, you're, you're going to have a chance to get further than me. But will I take time. that chance? Who's to say? <laughs> Or we're going to do our darn best. Our darndest. Um, and you have a minute on the clock starting right now. So the Big Peck locks himself in the origin bunker to use the cryotube to restore the memories of Styles. The sheriff's station is empty and they get Theo out of the cell, but only after asking one thing about Styles. And he says that Styles was smart. They open the door to a army of ghostwriters and they take the sheriff and then Theo dips after like fighting about car keys and they try to go to the hospital and Scott goes in the cryotube and he goes into a trance and remembers Styles tying him to the radiator. Then Theo and Liam fight 
uh, on the arrival to the hospital, and Liam has to explain that they need to distract the ghostwriters until Scott remembers. Scott keeps going through memory lane. Liam uh, turns on the sirens to bring the ghostwriters to the hospital. Theo says he'll leave as soon as they show up. Theo has a underworld flashback. Scott keeps going. Th- Scott keeps getting overwhelmed by memories. Lydia and Lydia fight about a plan, and then Lydia says that they need to use hypnosis tactics. Scott, tactics. Scott imagines being himself in the school. Liam and Theo, Theo hide. Then Morgan Liam tells Theo that he should have left him in the ground and that he won't protect him when the ghostwriters show up. Theo, uh, the siren stops and they realize the ghostwriters are there. Scott remembers the riddled. Lydia tells him uh, to find another memory. The car tube is getting too cold. Malia, okay. That's time. We got pretty much the same place. Yeah. Um, I guess more happened in this episode than I thought. It was really well paced. It was really well paced, yeah. um, Would you like to just finish up the plot summary for the episode? Sure. So Malia puts two and two together and she's like, you need to find the emotion with the memory. Um, And then Scott remembers Motel California, which is obviously a big thing. Um, They have to pull him out of the crowd tube because he's getting too cold. Um, And Malia's like, gang, gang, tarps off. It's my turn. (laughs) And she goes in the tube. Uh, Meanwhile, the uh, Theo and Liam... Um, who just got referred to as Theum in that jaunt because it's hard to say both of their names, uh, are in the hospital and they're fighting the Ghost Riders. And at one point, Liam is like, you should be bait. And Theo's like, okay, ouch. And then um, Theo kills a Ghost Rider and then Liam kills the Ghost Rider that's about to kill Theo. So they're like, okay, camaraderie. And then back in the cryo tube. Malia remembers Eichenhaus and she remembers uh, the full moon and she remembers being sick in season four and then they start to breach the rift. And they're like, okay, okay. But Lydia has the bis- biggest connection with Styles, which is like, does she? Well, I mean, I don't really want to fight on the values of like platonic versus romantic love, but like it's Scott has known, <laughs> yeah. has loved him for longer, I guess. Anyway, um, and they have to use actual hypnosis on her and like Scott walks her through it. And she starts to remember. And she remembers the dance. And she remembers all of these things with Styles. And she remembers their kiss. Um, meanwhile, at the hospital, like, the Ghost Riders are, like, taking over. And Theo pushes Liam into an elevator. And Liam's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm going to be bait. Okay. Um, okay. Um, and then Lydia remembers the kiss. And she says, that's when everything changed. And then she says, I didn't get to say I love you back. And then the rift is opened. And a figure comes walking towards them. Peter. (laughs) (laughs) So. So. Yeah. Big things. Big things. Yeah. Um, I love this episode. I think I already said that, but like, it was so fun. It was funny funny totally funny which doesn't happen a lot it was really emotional um hitting on kind of like all the high points on these characters relationships which is nice because I feel like we haven't had time to kind of linger on that recently um yeah and I just I thought it looked great yeah pretty much everything about the pacing was great yeah which we said but um yeah it all worked for me Uh uh-huh um so we're gonna be talking about this episode this year memory found um, through the theme of perseverance and not necessarily in the way that like people persevere through hardship, but in the way that like persevering is like your only option in mm-hmm. like terms of human survival, which again, the stakes are incredibly high in this episode. It's incredibly compelling. Um, but I think we should probably start with Theo and Liam. Not that their, um, plot line is less important, even though it is, it's just that it's less important. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, ba- I mean, their main goal, or I should say Liam's main goal mm-hmm. for this episode is to distract the ghost riders long enough for the big pack to accomplish what they need to accomplish. Because if Scott can't bring Styles back, then there's no hope for the rest of them. And I do think that that's like altruistic on Liam's part because he wants to bring everybody back. But also, you know, he wants to live. Yeah. Well, it's funny because he's calling, like, he's saying to Theo that Theo should be bait. But it's like, you're also bait. What does that make him? Bait bait? Like, come on. Bait two. Electric boogaloo. Bait two. Electric boogaloo. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And Theo is mostly just concerned with um, getting the hell out of Dodge. Similar to Peter. They have, you know, they've had very similar goals this season. Um, Yeah. And uh, it all, it starts with the sheriff being raptured, which is inevitable but kind of sad yeah um and they have that great little moment in the car yes trying to get the keys that was for the car to work um re-sheriff being raptured i am certain i'm not gonna go looking for it but i know enough about how the internet works to know that there is definitely like a compilation video of important characters getting raptured set to my heart will go on (laughs) my Celine Dion. Or some such. I'm pretty sure it's that song exactly. There may be variations, but the one I'm seeing and visualizing in my head. Wolfpack, if you have video editing skills and it's not out there, you have a job to do. Yeah. Love a good fan edit. I love a good meme. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Like, I think this was really compelling because they obviously both want to live, you know? And if Theo really wanted to just dip, he would have just done it you know yeah if he actually felt like he had no obligation to the people that he was protecting by being bait he would have petered his way out of it i'm not sure if it's because he thinks he needs liam to a certain extent and i'm having trouble remembering who grabs who on the way to the car um liam grabs theo okay theo could just leave yeah could have just <laughs> pushed Liam out of the car especially if Liam is already taking on the task of being like I'm gonna be you know the decoy Mm -hmm. duck and like making noise and like follow me over here like that does give Theo an exit but I think that like there is a level of like what does perseverance mean if the entire place that you'd have been that you'd have you know found maybe home again after being brought back from the underworld doesn't exist anymore. Like, I think it's a really interesting thing that like perseverance is not just touched into your own existence, but in the existence of others. And like Mm -hmm. Theo does choose to help. Yeah. I think he may be at least in part inspired by Liam's perseverance. Um, He's very impressed with him. Yeah. That's a kind of interesting part of their dynamic is that they kind of are like, they're not like one upping each other. They're not like peacocking, but they both are like rising to this occasion in a way where it's like, Oh, I didn't expect that from you. Yeah. And it's one of those moments where, um, Liam who has been vying for the position of alpha once Scott is gone this entire season. Um, he is, I think finally in a position where he is super confident justifiably yeah in what he's doing and that also creates a really interesting dialectic because theo wanted so bad to be an alpha and be good at it and mm-hmm. liam is sort of stumbling his way into being like kind of okay at it. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, Liam also like kind of holds all the cards, mm-hmm. um, in that situation. Um, and so when you're kind of forced to spend like any time with somebody, like you start picking up on things from them, I think. And, um, you know, Liam's sense of perseverance isn't necessarily to get out of this unraptured, mm-hmm. but it is to create the longest possible time for Scott to accomplish what needs to be accomplished, which again, placing a tremendous, insane amount of faith in Scott. Well, I think that he also, as a on, on theme, has like a distinct understanding of the length that Scott will go to for things and for the survival of his friends and for the good of, you know, Beacon Hills. Mm -hmm. And so I think, yeah, that would be a really hard thing to just sort of swallow down and being like, I just have to put my hands, you know, like Jesus, take the wheel, Scott, take the wheel. (laughs) Um, But I think that that is again, like when you don't have a choice, like Mm -hmm. Liam doesn't really have a choice. He's not really useful by, you know, sitting there trying to remember styles. It's not as if they had like, (laughs) A moment. A profound relationship. (laughs) You know, so I think he's sort of a little bit accepting his part. He's, you know, he's accepted his role and what is best for everybody and how everybody can can make it through this. And while that's terrifying, um, and he's with somebody who does not really care whether or not he lives or dies, allegedly. 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 you know, he does just have to sort of compartmentalize or even just make the honest distinction that, like, this is all he can do. This is, by putting himself in the most danger, he actually is creating the biggest chance for his survival. That's true. Um, And I also would say that his um, perception of, like, what perseverance looks like kind of evolves throughout the episode because the main reason that they go to the hospital is to hide. Um, And when that doesn't end up working out... Um, Liam has his very impassioned little speech of, well, I'm going to go down fighting. Um, yeah. Well, he says, we are both going to get taken. You can do it while you're running. I'm going to do it while I'm fighting. And I'm like, one, that is an exceptionally good tactic to use on Theo. You're like, actually... You're a cow. Yeah, it's it's funny because I feel like you want to be able to compare Theo and Peter, but Peter really doesn't give a fuck what anybody thinks of him. And Theo's like, you think I'm a coward? Yeah. You think I'm a... Wi- I'll you, show you. You're a coward. Yeah. Um, and I think he... Also, like, being in the hospital, Theo, I think, is profoundly affected by um, his nightmare world with his sister because that's where it happens. Yeah. Um, So he's got a lot of emotions swirling around him. And I think he's able to channel that into persevering. Yeah, I think he also, like, he is clearly not going back to the underworld insofar as we know because he... Theo, the sword, the lamb broke the sword. But like, he probably is thinking if I die, is that where I go? Not that Teen Wolf has ever done anything to examine the afterlife besides giving us the underworld. But yeah, he's reliving a a traumatic memory, even though it is, I guess, technically psychological Mm -hmm. um, because that didn't happen on our, our physical plane. Um, And to walk in and be faced with that is really interesting. Again, if he really didn't want to be doing the work, he'd leave. He would leave. And ultimately, um, he gives Theo, no, 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 Theo. Yeah. Gives Liam. Yeah. The biggest chance to continue on his mission 
by offering himself up yeah to the ghost riders he does and again like back same same as what what uh um Liam is doing. He understands that taking the most dangerous route is actually his greatest chance of survival. Um, this was a really interesting dynamic to explore. Um, it's funny because it's not like we really ever saw like Liam and Theo really interact on any level that wasn't I hate you in season five. I mean, I guess at the beginning, but they didn't really interact all that much. Um, so to see them sort of like squabble and banter as people who have decided that they don't like each other and then sort of realize that they are kind of a good team and that their missions are aligning was really fun. It, that's why enemies to lovers is so popular. I, I, <laughs> I know that the, um, the, as a ship is really popular amongst our <laughs> listeners. I'm not camping out anywhere, but I guess I get it. Okay. But I had a thought while we were watching this that, um, Theo shoving Liam into the elevator is exactly what happens when Hayden sacrifices herself so that Liam can get away. And it's just like this direct parallel between wait, when is that? Uh, in the last episode where oh, like yeah. the, with the, the two whips and she's like, you have to go like they've, they've, you have to go. Oh yeah. 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 Um, it's the same, I guess. So hmm, food for thought. <laughs> You're, you're clearly, you're camping out somewhere. I, I, I don't know that I'm a shipper, but I'm a truther. Okay. So. Um, no, but that was like a really, uh, I, almost, I also wonder if they kind of knew that um, Victoria Morales wasn't coming back the next season at this point, And they were like, we're going to have to give him a counterpart. Mm-hmm. And Theo is a good opposite. Yeah. So. They're, they're pretty, pretty good foils. Um, and. Like, again, they, I think they have really good um, just, like, acting chemistry. The whole thing with the keys is so funny. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. It's really good. I also, like, love when we were like, Liam isn't stupid, but he is dumb. <laughs> He's a bit of a himbo. Yeah. A himbim, if yeah. you will. They have really good comedic moments. I love the thing in the morgue when he's like, well, if they only take the living, we'll hide with the dead. And he opens a, a, a freezer drawer, and they're like, yeah, I'm not going in there. <laughs> You don't have to go in one with a body. <laughs> no, but that's like a trope um, in like genre. Yeah. Is hiding with dead bodies in the morgue. Well, it's also like a huge trope of Teen Wolf is crawling yeah. out of the morgue. Also, like that is where Theo was crawling out mm-hmm. in his dreams. And he's not going to outright tell that to Liam. But he no. is like, I'm not doing that. But it's- I think it, it's very funny that Liam is the one who's like, actually, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. In, the, in that scene, you know, he's like, I feel like I relived a nightmare talking about his time in the underworld. And I was like, actually, I think that that was, a, I think he showed too many cards there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it didn't feel read as quite very, it didn't read as very honest because I wouldn't see, even after this whole buildup, they don't really know each other well enough to have Theo be like, it felt like unearned to be like, I have all of this trauma. Liam. <laughs> well, it also, it feels an, a smidgen, a smidgen unearned that he's like, I'm going to just offer myself. Yeah, up. it does feel unearned. Cause like he, we haven't had six seasons of Theo a la Peter, you know, yeah. where you're, where Peter could do anything. And you're like, I guess it, yeah, it does feel I, again, like, that's why I'm saying, I think they kind of maybe knew that Hayden wasn't coming back at this point and had to start be like, well, somebody else has to go to bat for Liam next season. We have to build so. a relationship of some kind. Of some kind. It was it like truly Teen Wolf was like, all right, pair the spares. 
And you know what? And they did. I like it. Um, yeah, they were so fun to watch. They're fun. To, they're so fun to watch in the next season. Hilarious. Like I, I'm also wondering. Like I guess these these actors must get along. And they're like they yeah, seem. They seem like them it. In scenes together. Yeah. Um. So there's a there is a moment. No, you know what? I'm gonna save that for observations because it's really great. But okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was really fun. That is a dynamic we have not ever explored before. Doing it in this episode was kind of hilarious because you'd think that maybe it wouldn't work but it really did especially because we were only flipping between two plot lines and having that balance and being able to actually explore that dynamic was fun and interesting and funny mm-hmm. um it's the last two people on earth kind of thing yeah uh, yes. and that's always good <laughs> yep always good um do you have any other thoughts on theo and liam i enjoyed their bit in the i enjoyed their plot it would be so emo and sad if they were not <laughs> fucking around in the hospital the whole episode. Well, when you have these really great extended plot moments with like, there's comedy, there's tension, there's anxiety, there's like all of these wonderful um, little like quirks and moments between these two characters. You're like, oh, they are teenagers. Yeah. And I like that reminder. Yeah. Um, I really appreciated being able to laugh because I just feel like Teen Wolf has been dour as of late. Yes. So, yeah. Those are my feelings. Um, good feelings. All feelings are valid. Ooh. Um, canceled. We just got canceled. <laughs> they are. Canceled. <laughs> they are. They are. Your feelings are valid. <laughs> Your feelings are canceled. <laughs> just no feelings at all. Just canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Any homes. Shall we move into the big pack? Yeah. This is a lot. Still manages to be pretty funny. Yeah. Weirdly oh enough. my God. Yeah. Um, But also being like incredibly impactful because when we talk about the stakes being high in this episode, like not only is Liam trying to keep the ghost riders at bay, um, that's huge. Mm-hmm. But also like, Scott is trying to remember his best friend, the emotional center of the show. Yeah. And we are, we haven't seen styles in a couple of episodes. So it's a really great moment for the audience to be able to remember like why this is so important. It's not just that Beacon Hills is gone. It's that styles is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think on theme, we get the most obvious physical examples of perseverance mm-hmm. in the way that Malia and Scott are subjecting themselves to freezing to death. Yeah. Um, for the sake of remembering him. Um, and it, that is obviously tied into wanting to save everybody and bringing him back. But there also has to be a level of like, I would die for styles. Mm-hmm. And I think all three of them would. Yeah, totally. And so watching, you know, Scott being like, Scott like immediately wants to go back in the cryo tank and part of me thinks that that's a little bit of like an emotional response being like no I want to keep being able to remember styles in my life Mm -hmm. but it's also like yeah okay you pulled me out you pulled me out I have no choice but to go back in so I can continue to do the only thing I can think of to save Beacon Hills and Malia does the same thing Mm -hmm. it it feels like all three of these characters have something on the tip of their tongue that they're trying to get out and it's so infuriating um and they're just doing the best with what they have and um what one of the things I really liked about this episode actually is was all of the really active problem solving 
that they were doing and troubleshooting because um, this is their only shot, really, is Malia and Scott in the cryo tank trying to guide them through their memories and then Lydia with her hypnosis. Like, they just keep trying new angles and it doesn't always work, but the fact that they are so determined and none of them really get lost in like frustration. They feel very like clear headed mm-hmm. in throughout this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that that also goes in with the fact that they have no other choice. Like mm-hmm. they clear headedness comes from not being blind, like being confused by options. Mm-hmm. Having a path is really important. Um, and I think being able to set on that actually can make you determined, like can push you to um, extremes that you shouldn't be trying to persevere through as we see with, with Scott and, and Malia mm-hmm. um, or even push your friends. Like there's almost a moment where they almost put Lydia in the crowd tube, even though it would for sure kill her Yeah, before they decide on traditional hypno- <laughs> hypnosis. <laughs> um, so I, I think you, you raise a good point there. You know what else I think is interesting hmm. is um, the fact that these memories serve to show just how much Styles's presence in their lives have to do with perseverance, them persevering in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, particularly in the first couple of memories that Scott um, comes upon when he's chained to the radiator um styles in that moment was just doing literally the only thing that he could think of which served two purposes one to keep scott from like losing it on Mm -hmm. a full moon and also to punish him um and like it it was really because of styles's perseverance in general that scott was able to get under get his werewolfness under control and to a much more obvious extent, Malia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, like, Malia's memories are obviously a little bit less um, uh, connected at first. Um, you know, she remembers punching him in Iken, But it does sort of raise the fact that, like, in the time, in their time in Iken House, Malia just sort of knowing somebody and, like, recognizing a face and having a name that she knows Mm -hmm. was exceptionally substantial in like the most confusing and difficult part of her life. She just had somebody who kind of cared that she existed. And I think one, because styles is so incredibly loyal, even passively caring about somebody feels like an immense, um, emotional pull. And I think that that is really interesting that, Malia aligns even sort of her impersonal memories with Styles as part of her growth and like part of her connection and like being able to enter into like human world. Yeah, I mean she says that pretty explicitly. She's like Styles was the first person that I connected with in a long time and she's already been at Icon for a while by the time that he gets there. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that he was the one who was able to like break through whatever mental block she was having around being able to connect to people is that just like his very essence of like being styles is it because he's one of the people who found her and like brought her back to being a human like um there is just something like ineffable about her relationship with him where it kind of persevered against the odds uh where she just isn't connecting with anybody because she was a 
fucking coyote yeah. for six years. She sure was. Um, and there was just something special about Styles that broke through that barrier. Yeah. Which is ultimate perseverance. Yeah. Well, I also think like Styles did not let her go. You know, like Styles mm-hmm. was like, yeah, I'm, we're working on this. You're going to start eating with a fork and knife <laughs> and having compassion. It's it's people time. Yeah. 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 Um, so it reflects that he both inspires perseverance from his friends and um, he both is an inspiration of perseverance, an example of it, but also demands it. Um, which is obviously how you get to the end of this episode where they do everything they can to bring him back and they, you know, basically force his reckoning. Mm-hmm. Well, will you say that he like expects perseverance of others mm-hmm. um, or I'm not sure how exactly how you phrase that, but I think that's particularly evident in his relationship with Lydia. Um, he was just like so sure that he loved this girl and that he cared about her so much. And he was just persevering through the fact that like, she didn't want to talk to him Mm -hmm. or be his friend. And it eventually got to a point where, you know, um, Lydia is constantly has something on the tip of her tongue. She's constantly trying to figure it out. And styles was the one who was so invested in persevering to get through to helping her. I will also say, and I think that this is brought up as a really good example, as Styles matured, it was less of a pursuit. You know, that that clip at the dance where he's like, get your cute little ass mm-hmm. up and dance with me. I think we talked about this when we talked about that episode a million years ago, where it's like, mm, optics, not, not great, great now. Um, but like after Styles sort of, after Melidia, Malia, after Lydia um, sort of gave Styles you know, the, the time of day, you Mm -hmm. know, recognizing him as a person and somebody who she saw as a person and he saw her as a person. Once he got over that crush, you know, it wasn't so much as a, like, I will persevere and make it. So you love me. It was, I will be the person you need to be me to be in your life. And that's why it's so significant after the Stydia kiss that he's never like, we kissed, you know, because he Mm -hmm. is an emotionally like intelligent person. (laughs) And that's what makes it so much sadder when, Lydia's sort of like, that's when I knew. Mm -hmm. There was a moment um, that they showed kind of in like the flashbacks where um, Lydia is laying on Styles' bed and they're playing with the red string Mm because it's wrapped around her fingers and he's just kind of like taking it from her. And it's so um, intimate without being like overtly romantic or kind of weird. Like they are just so connected and they work together all the time to try and solve problems um, because that's just like the nature of their relationship. And he, I think because was the only person who at first understood how smart she was, like I think she trusts him a lot more than she trusts other people. Like there's just something really evident about all of the clips that they picked and just everything we know about. You know what was evident about all the clips they picked? Hmm. They were playing the hits. Yeah, it was oh, like yeah, season. Yeah. It was like mostly season three, two from season one, and then like a one clip from season four. And I feel like there could have been more. Um, and then like the two that they had to add from five. Yeah. Um, but they just it feels like they just click, and I feel like I'm gushing now because I just like love Stidia. Yeah, like. Uh. <laughs> But I, it, it's so well constructed. I think this episode's really well constructed. Yeah. Um, I think it is too. 
And when like like I obviously like make the joke like I'm 25 I don't ship anything that means I don't watch anything for ships anymore mm-hmm. because I have like a matured sense of how you should engage with media. That said, Stidia is the cherry on top of that. It's it, the whipped cream and the chocolate sauce too. It's great. It doesn't just like make my brain happy. It like touches my heart. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. important. <laughs> In, in this economy, like where nothing touches my heart. Emotions in this economy? Exactly. And questa economia? Yeah. 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 In cette economie? Yeah. Oh, mon dieu. Um, anyhow. <laughs> Shall we move into Q's and O's? Let's do it. Do you have any questions? I actually don't have any no, questions. No, I literally don't have any questions. It's a really straightforward episode. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's part of the joy is like, I'm not trying to like keep up with anything. I'm just like, I get to watch two kids be idiots. And then I get to watch a bunch of people feel feelings that I want them to feel like cathartic and stupid. It's great. Yeah. Do you have any observations? Yeah. Um, like we said, we, uh, I really liked the way that this episode looked. I, I loved, um, the way that they did the, um, guiding when Le- when Scott and Malia were in the cryotubes like in the library and using the lockers I thought the way that they used the camera work to make it seem so like off balance uh, all the books on the floor like I just thought that the design of all of that was so interesting like it was very clear that they were um in an alternate state and I really liked it yeah I, the lockers is a classic Teen Wolf for sure. Trope. The library is becoming very familiar. I think it was really interesting that these were like familiar places that were meant to feel uncanny. And I thought that, that was a good choice as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that Scott actually pulls the road flare out of the locker. I thought that one, oh, it looked great. It looked great. Yeah. Um, it was really good. Uh, there is a moment when um, Leo. Mm-hmm. Okay. I <laughs> just. <laughs> Leo and Theo. Like, that's why it's, they're actually hard names to yeah. say in tandem. That's, like, why I was saying, like, because like in my notes I wrote Theum because I was like, I cannot. My yeah. brain, no. It really just, and I don't know why. There's, like, it's, I think that they have a little bit of, like, assonance to them. Like, there's similar vowel sounds. Maybe. It's the, like... TH and the L are really hard to say one after another and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is. This is just going to continue happening, Wolfpack, so uh, stay tuned. But there's a moment where they're fighting the Ghost Riders and they like almost fist bump. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like so close to doing it. And it's really funny because like, okay, normally if you fist bump someone, it's just like, a, oh, it's a moment. But they're like hesitant to fist bump and then they don't get to do it because the ghost riders come around the corner and they have to like refocus yeah and it's really funny um and i also think when we're talking about theum all of the like shots of the two of them when they're like talking to each other are just really tight close-ups on their face and it feels really intimate and kind of weird (laughs) i actually thought that that was interesting because i think that it was sort of an examination of a new relationship that was forming and that's why it was so close and also like the situation they were in like like you said last people on earth is really intimate intimate and weird but like weird for every reason and intimate for only one (laughs) Yeah. Like they are sort of like, it's just us, but I don't even like you that much. So that inspires very weird vibes. So a cautious, almost fist bump. Yeah. Um, there is a moment, um, when Lydia is like 
talking and, and speaking out loud about how um, Styles said that he loved her when he gets raptured and uh, the camera like flashes to Scott's face for a moment and Tyler Posey was like doing some acting. Mm-hmm. He looked shattered, just fucking heartbroken to realize that his best friend who has been in love with this girl she loved him too oh. the whole time here's the thing <laughs> everybody ships Stidia. It's, yeah it's the ship of the show yeah pretty much um but i just thought that was a really excellent little completely you could totally miss it moment mm-hmm. from tyler posey and i just thought it was really lovely yes um yeah those are my observations all right okay <laughs> At the beginning of this episode, there is an exchange from Theo and the sheriff that in (laughs) another show might have fit okay. And I actually don't think the intent of these lines is that absurd. But, like, it is so clear that somebody didn't have their darlings killed in this exchange because it's, it's like, so (laughs) ridiculously unearned where the sheriff is like, I'm going to put so many bullets in your head, God won't recognize you, which that legit has to be the first mention of a God, if any God, (laughs) in the entirety of the Teen Wolf canon. Like, I guess maybe, like... The sheriff is an occasion. It's like a creaster type of Christian. I guess. Uh, I don't know. Any. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe. I don't know. I, I just, I guess, guessed Christian. He could be anything or nothing because we, again, have never just like. Ever. Never, ever. Yeah. It's like also one thing to be like, oh, my God, because that's like a colloquial phrase. But like, okay. And then Theo's like, I'm an atheist. Fire away. But were you just in the underworld wouldn't that maybe make you question your existence on like a celestial plane a little bit it's also just like coming from the sheriff well like if chris had said that maybe but it actually it felt really um sort of in reference to that time in season two where Gerard beats the shit out of styles and he shows back up at his dad's house and he's like i'm gonna pistol whip those little bastards Mm mm-hmm which that line it fits that that, that <laughs> thing like that situation so much better, but like again, we, if, if if Teen Wolf had done anything to challenge the concept of a higher power at any point before this, it wouldn't feel so weird. But it does feel like it's trying to be so edgy and dark. Okay, it's just the it's the I'm weird. I'm a weirdo. Yeah, moment. but coming from both of them, <laughs> which is crazy. So if you liked that exchange, I understand why you did. It was supposed to be evocative, provocative, but I didn't because I was like, this is Teen Wolf. <laughs> This is a Wendy's. This is a Wendy's. <laughs> Liam was like, what the fuck are these two talking about? He basically was just being like, come on, guys, get over it. Yeah. We, we, we gotta go. We gotta go. We have things to do. Yeah. Um, Theology 101 can happen later. Um, my next thing. Oh, my God. When Lydia explains how you're supposed to be reading the hypnotist induction <laughs> thing. <laughs> And at first, she gives the page to Malia, which I really liked because it felt like Lydia wanted Malia to be the one to talk her through it. Because as Mm -hmm. we've seen through this season, they have actually established a little bit more of a closer friendship. We're getting a lot of scenes between them. She has trusted Malia with like a lot of her emotions and vice diversity. And for Malia 
to have to remind everybody that she has uh, a third grade reading level was so funny. And Shelly Hennig is so funny. She has impeccable reading timing. That was brilliant. I was like, oh, that's cute, the girls. And then I was like, oh, yeah, Malia can't read. Malia can't read. She can't read. <laughs> Malia, Leah Michelle. Malia, <laughs> yeah, both needing IEPs. Um, um, yeah. Uh, and my last thing is just that I thought the lighting was really int- like compelling in this episode. It wasn't just dark gray, which is what we usually see. Everything was green, which is great because it is um, like supposed to be representative of storm clouds. Like when it really storms, everything's green. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's really good. I it, they were there was just this lighting on Holland Roden where when you're obviously lit from above a little bit your dark circles show regardless of what they look like and I this is I brought I want to say like <laughs> Holland Roden looks great but it made her look tired and older yeah and I was like that is really like I thought that that was a really good choice where she wasn't looking she didn't look bad and she didn't look you know as disgusting as she looked in season five but she looked like she was on her like this was her last chance and that was that was really good i thought the lighting in the hospital was good as well um that was the last of my observations do you have pack stats i do actually quite a few pack stats um we had seven eyes two claws theo always gets the little like shing moments it's because isaac left i had to give him to someone i had to give him to someone and he also um like everybody else when they kind of wolf out they just like they roar but theo does this like head roll uh like stretch your jaw to get your fangs out thing every time and it just is just very funny yeah to me. um we had two shirts yep uh a girl shirt. That hasn't happened since the last time Malia was shirtless. <laughs> yeah, very, very long time it feels. Um, retroactively a Nike ad because um, Styles is wearing a Nike shoes in Little California. And we had one siren at the very beginning of this episode. Nice. I don't know if you heard that. I did hear okay. it. I don't know if they heard it. Um, well, we heard it, so just... Imagine. So take our word for it. Yeah. I guess you are here to take our word for things. <laughs> for uh, what reason? God only knows. Do you have an alpha of the week? It's Lydia. Yeah, it's Lydia. It's Lydia. Theo Alternative weirdly gets an... Yeah. I, like, it's like, he gets like... He doesn't even get second place or third place. He gets an honorable mention. But like a little ribbon. Yeah. You know, he doesn't get one of those like little plastic tro- soccer trophies. But... No, but Lydia does. And she also yeah. gets a cookie and a Kool-Aid jammer. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, fancy. You know, Little League soccer. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nothing like a baggie of orange slices and like tiny bags of chips to let you know that your team lost the game that didn't matter. <laughs> I could really go for a Capri Sun right now. Okay. <laughs> I also say Capri Sun instead of... Cap- or, no, no. I say Capri Sun. And so when I say that, people are always like, what the fuck's wrong with you? And I'm like, it's Capri Sun. It's, I have never heard that. Although I have gotten into many an argument about the ways to pronounce the word crayon. So crayon. it's crayon. It's just C-R-A-N. <laughs> yeah. Um, although every single person that I grew up with is like, what's wrong with you? It's pronounced crayon. And I'm like, it's so, that's so hard to say. Yeah. Crayon. It's a crayon. Can you hand me the crayon? Yeah. Do you honestly sit there and you're like, can you hand me the crayon? Yeah. I'm, there's, there are words I will add syllables to. Yes, that's true. Yeah, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, but I'm taking one away from them. <laughs> People don't like the way that I say fire, because I I don't know why. My parents don't even like the way that I say fire. 
Uh, I don't know. The way my uh, grandmother says my first name, it, it's got two syllables instead of three. And I never understood how she does it. Julia? Julia. Yeah. Oh, it's, I it's don't really, like that. It's really weird. British yeah. people add a syllable to my name. Christian. Christian. Yeah. yeah. Which is, then it rhymes with my last name, which is like, no, Christian Skidian. I don't know. So the, the Brits say some things. Like, they call dish soap washing up liquid. And I... That is so... What? <laughs> what? Just... Yeah. Not even just, like, wash soap. Washing up liquid. Yeah. Yeah. Legitimately. That's three whole words. <laughs> oh, my God. There's some stuff that I get. Like, some British... Isms. I think we should call it eggplants aubergines. Because it's a fun word. Yeah, aubergine. It mm-hmm. It's a fun word to say. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I'm i not going to call fries chips. No. Nor am I going to call the trash can the bin. I like rubbish, though. Yeah. Yeah. I also like boot instead of trunk. That is fun. The, the boot of your car. But I don't like that they say garage instead of garage. Uh, potato potato that one actually really doesn't bother me for some reason but i am really passionate about crayon if we have any british listeners let us know how you feel about (laughs) the american words you don't like please um i think that about wraps it up yeah i think so well if you enjoyed this episode you guys can uh follow us on twitter at teen wolf underscore real which is also our instagram handle you can follow us on tumblr at teen wolf real wolf and our facebook group is teen wolf real podcast if you really liked this episode you guys can leave us a review on itunes do it We'll read it out loud. We'll have good times. Um, we'll give you a shout out on Twitter should you leave your handle. If you really, really liked this episode, you can leave, you can buy us a coffee, ko-fi.com forward slash Teen Wolf Rewolf. We're not asking. It's just there, you know, we, blessed be if you donate. You do not have to. And then if you also want to buy our stickers, you can go to redbubble.com forward slash Teen Wolf Rewolf. Other than that, I have been Christian. And I've been Julia. And I hope you guys, we hope you guys, but I especially hope you guys have a wolf of a week. Uh, woo!